Good morning. Uh, thanks for being with us on this uh, beautiful Wednesday morning. It's good to be with you as we uh, continue in the book of Acts together. Uh, today we're going to be reading Acts chapter 5. You know, yesterday we unpacked Ananias and Sapphira, one of the more interesting stories in all the Bible to me. It was good to kind of kind of dig into that and uh, read uh, about our giving and what God wants our giving to be and how God wants our giving to be. And really it's about how we give is what matters. So today we're going to um, pick up with Acts chapter 5. Verse 12, we're going to read verse, verse, Acts, Acts 5, 12 through 16. Acts 5, 12 through 16, where Luke writes these words to us. Now, many signs and wonders, ding, 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 ding. Remember how we said that's going to be a big deal throughout the book of Acts, signs and wonders. Now, many signs and wonders were done through, done among the people through the apostles. They were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared to join them, but the people held them in high esteem. Yet more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, great numbers of both men and women, so that they even carried the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats in order, cots and mats in order that Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he came by. And a great number of people would also gather from towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all cured. So we see here in this passage just the work that's happening among the people. And I think it's so interesting in here to see that once again, verse 12, those signs and wonders, those signs and wonders, we see them here, those signs and wonders continue. And, and what we see, I think it's so interesting to see, we see in, um, in verse uh, 15, so they even carried out their sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats in order that Peter's shadow might fall on them. And a great number of of people would also gather from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing them sick and tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all cured. I think what's cool here is we see what should be, or what could be, a prayer and a dream for the church. Something that we should hope happens for our church, and every church. You know what this early church is doing here in this place? It's making a difference. The people in Jerusalem, the people in the surrounding towns, their life is better. Their life has changed. Their world is different. Their world is better. Because of the early church. The church is making a difference. The church is making a difference in the life of these people. Jerusalem and the surrounding towns, they are better because of this early church. They are better because of what the church has done. And they are better because of who the church is. And shouldn't that be our desire, y'all? I heard somebody say, that's how you know your church is an effective church. That's how you know your church is being faithful. If your church were to close down, if your church were to no longer be there, would your community miss it? Would your church be missed by the community that you're in? If your church is no longer there, 
We see here in verses 12 through 16, the difference this church, that the earliest church, this first gathering of Christians was making, and that so many lives were changed, so many people were changed, so much good was happening because of the work, the life, the energy, the efforts of this early church. Lives were changed, Jerusalem was made better, people were healed, lives were restored, things were better because of the church. And the, y'all, that's that's my prayer. And, and you know, it, it, it's, it's interesting sometimes. I mean, look what, okay. I think we sometimes need to hear this in the world we live in. Let's look at, we, we go back to um, Peter's prayer. What does Peter pray? And what do they pray in verse, in chapter four? They pray for boldness, to proclaim the word boldly. Pray for boldness. Now, what do we see happen in verse 13? None of the rest dared to join them, but the people held them in high esteem. That's what I want, y'all, as a pastor, as a Christian, the follower of Jesus. I want to be bold. I want to be bold with my love of Jesus. I want to be bold with my proclamation of the gospel. I want to be bold with my un with my strong desire, with my strong life, my strong will, with what I what I want, y'all, is to be bold for Jesus in so many ways. But I want to do it in a way where because of the difference my life makes and the difference my church's life makes. That we are held in high esteem. I want to be bold in my love of Jesus. And, and I want to be bold in my proclamation of Jesus. And I want to be bold in who I am and what I stand for and who what I believe. But I want to do it in such a winsome way. Such a graceful way. Such a hopeful way that my community holds holds me in high esteem, not because I'm looking for the approval of men and women. We see that we we see in Ananias and Sapphira what happens when we live our lives for others' approval. One of my favorite Christian singers saying, um, "If we live for their." Uh, Affection, we die from their rejection. We don't want to live like that. But we want to live such a winsome and hopeful and graceful life and existence to where we are. We are held by high esteem by our neighbors. That our neighbors know we love them. That our neighbors know we care for them. That our neighbors know that we want what's best for them. And so many people in Jerusalem so many people in Jerusalem, so many people from the surrounding towns, they came and they placed their the sick and the troubled and the ill and the worried and all these people in front of the disciples. And they were healed, not because, as, as Peter says in, in Acts earlier, not because of their piety or not because of their worthiness, not because of any of these things. They aren't healed because the apostles got it all figured out or because the apostles are perfect or any of these type of things. But they're healed because of Jesus, because of the Holy Spirit. And because of this. Because of their life and because of how they lived and what they did and who they were, their community 
in their world was a better place. So for me, the question I want to ask is this. Is my, are the communities that I'm part of, my church community, my family, my neighborhood, my workplace, these places, are these places better because of how I live? Is my lifestyle, my gracefulness, is how I'm living, making the places I find myself better and more Christ-like? Is that happening? And likewise, we can ask the same question as our churches. Is the world better? Is our community better because of our church? If St. Matthew's were to cease to exist, would Madison miss it? Would Madison miss us? Would Madison, would your community miss, would your community be lesser? Your church was not there. The apostles were living so boldly for Jesus and doing so much for Jesus that lives were being changed merely by their presence. Lives were being changed by who they were and what they were doing and how they were doing. And goodness, y'all, what a prayer for us. What a dream for us. That because of how we love Jesus and how we love others, lives are changed. That's my hope, y'all. That the church can still change the world. That we can still truly, daily, and boldly make a difference for Jesus. We see that in the text today, don't we, y'all? And I think we can still see it in our world. So let's live boldly for Jesus, y'all. Let's be faithful. Let's preach the word. Let's love people. Let's make a difference. Let's change the world for Jesus. Love you guys. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day.